Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Y'all, we've been talking about soul rest. And we talked about last week, you ever, you ever gone on vacation, you know, and you just feel like you need a vacation? You go on vacation only to find out you still need a vacation? We're talking about soul rest today. She said, amen. I hear you, sister. Yesterday, uh, I told you all last week about my daughter who split her face open last Sunday, and we glued it back at the doctor's office, of course, not with Elmer's or nothing like that. But we go to the doctor, they glue it back, only to find out that yesterday we had to go down to Children's Hospital, and she got 11 stitches, y'all, 11 in her little poor nose. But it's looking great, so thank you for lifting us. It's been quite the eventful season, but guess what? Because of last week, my soul is at rest, baby. Come on, you know? Uh, yeah, that's right. But today, I, I wanted some help with this message. So I've asked Christy Watson to come and help me share this message today. And I'm going to let her intro this because I think it will be seriously wonderful. Can we just welcome Christy as she joins? Thanks. Hey, let's pray together. You are the God who searches us and knows us. You know all our anxious thoughts and our offensive ways, and yet you want us to follow you into a way everlasting. God, thank you that your word is a weapon against strongholds. God, unleash it in this room today. Let every soul walk out of here in a freeing relationship with you that defies anxiety. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may it be so. Amen. All right, let's open up to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be in verses 6 through 9 today. If someone next to you doesn't have a Bible, make sure they can look over your shoulder. In my house, I have two precious, peaceful pictures of my boys. Emphasis on peaceful. If you have kids, you probably have something similar. They're all snuggled up with these little smiles. Let me just show you the framed picture of myself as an infant, which hangs in my parents' house. Kenny, can we um, give everyone there we go? <laughs> okay, if I had been born just a little bit later, I think this would have gone viral because this one just begs for memes, right? <laughs> so right now, it serves as evidence for me that anxiety plagued me before I can even remember anything. And I look at this picture and I go, yeah, there it was. But here's why I'm so excited, because I stand before you today living in victory over anxiety. And that same victory is available to you. No matter the depths of it, even if you can't see the top of it, God's love is deeper and wider than it. And it's here for you today. And he's given us his word, and his word self-describes as a weapon. So let's look at this passage that has had such tremendous power in breaking this stronghold for me. And along the way, I'll share a little bit more of my story, but I want the focus to be on this because this is where the change is at. Okay, so Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, or praiseworthy think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Highlight, underline, whatever you've got to do to remember that phrase. Put it into what? What's that word? Tell your neighbor. Practice. Put it into practice. And what will happen next? The God of peace will be with you. All right, let me break down for you this passage and how God has used this in my life. What is this passage talking about when it says anxiety? Well, if you look at the Greek translation of that word, it means to be full of care. In fact, the King James Version actually says, be careful for nothing. Everybody turn your neighbor and said, careful. Say careful. Careful. We hear that a lot these days, don't we, right? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Now read it this way. This gives a whole nother take on it. Do not be careful about anything. Isn't that interesting? Let's sink in in our current time and place. Okay, if you want to go a little bit further with the root of the word, it comes from a word that means to be torn in two. And ain't that the truth if you've ever dealt with anxiety? You are literally being mentally torn in two. Now, of all the times of Scripture that this word is used— it's used in the New Testament in one positive instance, okay? And it's in 1 Corinthians 7 when Paul is talking about a man who is, quote, anxious about the things of the Lord. And it's the same word that's used right here in Philippians, all right? But this is tricky, isn't it? Because let me tell you, in the times of my life where anxiety had its toughest stronghold, I would have told you, yes, but I'm anxious about the things of the Lord. No, I wasn't. I was busy. There's a difference, I was busy and my, my identity was in what I chose to busy myself with. And therefore, I was in a false identity of being torn in two by anxiety. See, when I was six years old, I decided to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And at that moment, a new identity was made available to me, one that is whole and not torn. But what we can do as followers of Christ I'm a theater teacher and my training is in acting, and so I can compare it to that. We can step in to a character, right? We can step into a false identity. I'm a follower of Christ, but when I decide to surrender to anxiety, guess what? I am living in a false identity. And when you're on stage telling a story, that's really fun, but in real life, eventually, you realize you are chained by the thing. The only identity of true freedom is as a child of God. And that was my true identity at six years old. And yet I allowed this thing called anxiety, this care that was tearing me apart and not for the things of the Lord, but for the thing my identity was also in, my busyness, my work, right? To tear me in two. So there's a really great example of a follower of Christ being torn by anxiety in Luke chapter 10, where this word also shows up. 
Okay, so Jesus goes to dinner at this house of this woman named Martha. And Martha was doing, if I'm real with you, exactly what I would have been doing. She was freaking out. Jesus is here in my house, all right? It's gotta look good. The meal's gotta be great. The vibe's gotta be right. The show has to be perfect. And her sister was over there sitting at Jesus' feet, just listening, just listening. And Martha gets mad. And Jesus says to Martha, 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 you are worried about many things. Same word but only one thing is necessary, and Mary, she chose right. So if you want to look at a picture of being given over, being careful for the things of God, look at Mary in Luke chapter 10. And see, everything in my human nature goes, oh, that can't be right, that can't be right, because I want to be on my feet doing the things of the Lord. But you know what? Mary got up from there and did the things of the Lord from a place of the overflow. So one thing I've learned is that the opposite of anxiety is adoration of my king. When I am starting from a place of adoration of my king, I can no longer be torn apart. The way Philippians says, do not be anxious about anything. So anxiety for me is like an intruder that just busts down your door and you can't always control when it comes at you. And some of you who've dealt with it know, just going about your business all of a sudden, ooh, I'm anxious, right? It's just like an intruder that comes in your door. But if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. It will chain you up. The beautiful thing is that when I walk in my identity as a follower of Christ, it's chained. I'm not. It may be in the room, but it's in chains. And I'm going to go about my business, the things of the Lord. So that's what Philippians is talking about when it talks about anxiety, this being torn apart, this stepping into this false identity of anxiety because I'm a follower of Christ. I don't have to be there. Now it gives us this incredibly gorgeous path of dealing with it when it shows up. Let me walk you through it. All right, so we're going back to the word and it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, let's stop there. When I researched this word, I just got so overcome by emotion because this word means pray to move towards God. So last week, Jay talked about our great shepherd, right? Psalm 23, he's our great shepherd. Part of the task of a shepherd is to fight off the wolves. And my tendency when anxiety comes is I'm gonna fight the issue, right? I'm gonna get torn apart in my head because I'm circling that thing 10 million different ways and imagining every way it could go wrong. And if this happens, I'll do that. And if this happens, I'll do that. And I'm torn apart. But what Philippians is telling us is stop. Get behind your shepherd, let him fight. He sees the 360, you see one slice. Therefore, he is more qualified to fight this thing. So get behind your shepherd. Some of, sometimes the response to anxiety can be like an inward, like I'm just gonna hide, don't talk to anybody. Okay, you know what's beautiful about that? Go hide behind your shepherd and he will empower you to step out with him, with his peace. So I'm moving towards God. And in the moment, sometimes that just looks like a mental cry out, just like my kids do if they're scared, right? They don't come to me with some eloquent speech, right? It's a, hey, (laughs) I'm scared, right? Guess what? That's what it looks like to move towards God in a moment where I can't go and, you know, take a serene five minutes, right? But I can in my head go, Abba, which means Father, Jesus, I need you right now. I need you right now, Jesus. Anxiety is here. I need you to fight. 
I've now practiced that scripture, right? So pray, move towards God, move towards the shepherd. Then it says, should not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Petition seems like the simplest word in here because it's just to ask for what you need. But you know, it takes humility to ask for what I need because I think I can take care of it myself, right? Or it can be, I mean, there's so many awful things happening in the world. Like what right do I have to ask God about this situation? Because he is God and God is love, he cares about that situation. Only he has the capacity to care just as much about your situation as he does someone else's that you deem more dire than yours, right? So we move towards him and then we ask him, look, Lord, here's what I think needs to happen in this situation. And then the next part, with what? What's that word? Thanksgiving. Turn to your neighbor and say, with Thanksgiving. With Thanksgiving, right? So prayer and petition with Thanksgiving. So it can be a separate category all on its own, sure, and that's a beautiful and godly thing. But right here, it's telling us, hey, when you move behind your shepherd and when you ask him for what you need, you then thank him for what he's going to do, even if it looks like the opposite of what you want him to do, because he sees the 360 picture and he is able to take the worst case scenario and redeem it. And in fact, we know that he's actually coming again to make all things new. So actually the very worst thing that can happen to you will be redeemed when he comes again to make all things new. So we're gonna start there, right? We're gonna thank him that he will be good because he is good. And then I'm gonna thank him for whatever else I can think of. And there's power in that because what happens next? We present our requests to God and the peace of God all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to come back to that verse, but I want to move forward a little bit into this next part. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So now that I've moved towards him and I've asked him for what I need, I presented those requests to him with thanksgiving. Now my mind is free and I can make a mental turn towards thinking about the things that are noble, lovely. And you know what? That sounds a lot like worship, what Mary was doing in the story with Martha and Mary, right? I'm, if I can't think of anything in the world, and sometimes you may be in a situation where there is nothing in your world that is lovely, there is nothing in your world that is admirable. This is the beauty of following Christ because it defies your circumstance. In fact, Paul was in prison when he wrote this. So you can be sitting in a prison of your own making or someone else's, and you can be thinking about how lovely is the love of the Lord that he took, he became my sin on a cross and defeated it three days later by walking out of a tomb. This defies circumstance. Other approaches to anxiety don't. I've tried them, they don't. This defies circumstance. All right, once you've been through, we're praying, we're moving to God, we're petitioning, we're um, thanking him, and you're then turning your brain to focus on the things that are of him. Let's go back to verse um, seven. 
The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then we get to verse nine. Whenever um, you have learned or received or heard in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. This is beautiful because this peace is the same thing. This word peace is what the angel said when they came and told the shepherds, hey, Jesus is here, he's been born. And it means the favor of God. So I don't have to live in trying to earn my own favor when I am hiding myself behind the shepherd and processing my feelings through him, through his word. I am in his favor. Sometimes to be vulnerable with you, that can even be hard to say out loud that God has favor on me, that he likes me, but it's the truth in Jesus. It's the truth in Jesus because when he looks at me, he sees what his son did. He sees what his son did and that changes everything about me. All right, so I wanna come back to this phrase, put it into practice. Because what God through his grace has allowed me to do is trade an old habit for a new one, right? There are a lot of words listed here, praiseworthy, admirable, lovely. It's almost like God wanted us to have a new list right? Because when I'm stuck in anxiety, I'm running down the list of things that could go wrong, right? So instead, I'm going to trade that. I'm going to give that to the only one who sees how it's going to turn out anyway, and I'm going to focus on a new list. Whatever is true, God, I know it's true that you love me. Whatever is pure. God, your love for me is pure. Whatever is lovely, here is something super practical. Do you know God's creation is still lovely? By his utter grace, he left us this beautiful creation. And so I can actually go outside and be like, wow, God, that tree is lovely. The mountains we live in, they are lovely. And I'm actually practicing this right here, right? Whatever is lovely. God, you created me to breathe. And when I don't breathe, that's not lovely, right? So I'm just going to sit here and breathe and thank you for your creation. I'm practicing this, right? It's something we have to put into practice. This was not an overnight breakthrough for me. This was a process, when I look back at it, of deciding to trade an old habit for a new one because as a follower of Christ, I have the right to do that. It was bought for me by Jesus. So whatever your circumstance, whatever your relationship to anxiety, I want to invite you either A, into a brand new identity because you can today, right in this moment, do exactly what Jay said and you can receive the love of Christ and trade your inability to make it for yourself for his ability to make you everything that he wants you to be, everything he wanted you to be in the first place. You can trade your old life for your new life, and then this habit can begin to be built. But maybe you're like me. I had a relationship with Christ, but I was allowing the stronghold to take grip on me. And you have the ability today to make a decision, all right, enough. Enough is enough. And that's essentially what happened for me. The pandemic, when the pandemic hit, we were two weeks away from opening an outside standing student production. I'm a theater arts teacher of Beauty and the Beast. And I had poured so much anxiety into that thing, so much. And then overnight, boop, it was gone. So what typically would have been my most anxious time of year, suddenly, nothing, nothing. And I had to decide, 
because I realized that all of the time I wasted on anxiety on that thing was truly a waste. The only redemption there was what God did in spite of me. And I saw him do a lot in spite of me. But I did, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just done with that. I don't want to be anxious about these things that can be taken away. God, I want to be like Mary. I want to be at your feet and moving from that place. And as I've looked at this scripture and developed this habit, it has allowed me to come to a place where, yes, anxiety sometimes bursts into the home of my mind. But do you know what? When I practice this, he's chained up. I'm not right? I am able to move freely and I'm in victory over that thing. The final piece of this is that freedom happens in family. This book was not, it was written to a church. This book was written to a church, a community of believers. There was this understanding when Paul wrote this, that this would be practiced within community. And it's no accident that the first real step towards me going, okay, I'm done with this. I'm training this old habit to a new one was when I really stepped into community. Right? In 2017, I decided I'm, I'm going to um, join a life group, right? I'm going to at least take some steps toward there. And I didn't really like the idea of that. I didn't like the idea of sitting in a small group of people and trying to pretend that I had it together for two hours. I didn't like that at all. But you know what? I, that's not what it is, right? None of these people that Paul was writing to had it together. And what I found was people who loved me in the middle of it. People who would speak truth into my life. And what that gave me was this explosive power because guess what? Anxiety, woo, it came at my door just last night. And do you know that I received texts from not just one, but three people that I consider to be part of my spiritual family here at Midtown, praying over me, speaking truth over me. This freedom happens in family. It's scary to be vulnerable. I'm not gonna promise you that you won't get hurt, but I can promise you that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church can actually be what helps you to heal from wounds that maybe even were caused by those who follow Christ. Let me just say that again. That's how, because that's how God has set it up, right? Those who are following Christ can actually help heal you from wounds right, that maybe were even caused in a church setting. So don't quit on it because it's powerful. I know that it can be scary. I know that quite personally, but it is so powerful. All right, to wrap it up, I want to bring your attention back to this concept of putting it into practice and the peace of God will be with you putting it into practice. So I want to invite you to think about what that looks like for you today. For some of you, it may look like, hey, I don't have, not surrendered to Christ. But for some of you, it may look like, I want to trade that habit. It's time for that stronghold to go. And I want to put these things into practice. Jay. Thanks, Kristen. This is awesome. Thank you. Do you know the way that healing was experienced in Christie's life as she talked about joining a community? The only way, listen, the only way is if the people in her life group do the truth. Listen to me. The truth will set you free. 
It is pouring outside right now. Anybody here? Why aren't we running the heck out of this room? Because you and I know the truth. This steel frame top ain't gonna let that water in, right? But you see, if we start not believing the truth and we say at any moment, the roof's gonna blow out over my head and the water's coming in on me. Now, I'm a little bit anxious, right? You feel that? If that's the way we live, anxiety is our lifestyle. But some of us in this room walk with anxiety like a friend because it's been with you so long couldn't possibly be wrong because you and anxiety have a great relationship. I saw a sign that said, uh, worry less, pray more. Doesn't sound right bad, right? Anybody in the room? Yeah, I, I need to do that. Can you imagine a sign that said, lust less, pray more, anybody? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, a little lust is not a big deal. Come on, guys. You with me? Right? Ridiculous. But anxiety is, is something precious to us because it's an out for us. And if we're all honest, every single one of us at a time, we out ourselves because anxiety is very natural for every one of us, guys. Listen. Because we are just like Eve in the garden when she's offered a fruit that looks very good. And it looks so pleasing to my eye. Anxiety is a good out for some of us. But the truth will set you absolutely free. And I want to tell you, bold as can be, anxiety is not God's plan for your life. That word says, don't be anxious. And you're like, Jay, I got every reason to be anxious, but I want to, to remind us, invite us into the greatest truth that we've been talking about is that over your head, whether you know it or not today, is a giant, even more than a steel frame building. It's the, the size of God's love over your life that says, listen, you're anxious about a lot of things, but here's the reality. You have more to be thankful for in my presence. But he invites us into receiving the truth that will break the stronghold of anxiety in many of our lives today. I believe that that power is available, but we have to receive a greater truth over our lives. But some of us are sitting in a room as it's pouring outside in a, in a steel frame building and we're terrified at any moment that it's gonna open up over my head and pour down. Anxiety is my life, it's my identity, it's who I am, it's all I know, and I can't leave my good friend anxiety. I wanna tell you today, that is a poor master in your life and he is not a friend. And today, a greater friend wants to meet you right in the midst of your anxiety and set you absolutely free. Now, is it a battle? Absolutely, but at every turn of the battle, you have the truth that will defend you, comfort you, and walk you through every single valley of the shadow of death that you walk. 
You have a very good shepherd, and this is what we talked about. I walk downtown on Tuesdays, and I'm going to ask the band to come out, and we're going to um, continue. But I walk on Tuesdays, and I want to I speak to you, Midtown, really quick. I was walking with a couple high school students, and we're walking the street, and they're asking me a bunch of questions. And this little girl finally speaks up. She's very quiet, and she didn't want to talk. And she said, do you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried that maybe I'm not doing this thing right. As you walk this Christian life, does anybody just go, I don't know if I'm doing this right? I mean, and then she proceeds to tell me, I mean, Jay, I don't do what you do. Is it okay that I don't do what you do? Is it okay that I don't stand on the corner of the street and holler for people to come by and just listen to the word as I preach to them? Is it okay? I said, what do you think God's gifted you to do? And she said, you know what I really love doing? She says, I love meeting somebody who's just so down and low and I love to sit with them and encourage them. And in fact, some people, they down me because I actually am friends with people that are considered kind of bad. And I read to her Romans 14. You can read on your own time. But in the church, there was some comparison game going. And some were saying, hey, I eat this, you shouldn't eat this. I do this, you should do this. Some were saying, I worship on holy days. And some were saying, every day is holy. So, and Paul brings some encouragement to the church. And he says, hey, listen, some of y'all are so anxious because you're so busy comparing to each other. Some of y'all are looking at my life being like, man, dang, I just don't look like that. And anxiety reigns in your life. But it cripples you from actually doing your gift. Did you know that what the word says is that every single one of us is gifted in the spirit of God? We're different. We're the body. But what I explained to her is here's the deal. If you step into your gifting and meet that person right where they are, you're probably just as effective as me standing on the corner of the street you probably see massive moves. At this grace share with her, I watched her countenance change. But here's the reality of what I'm trying to say today. I didn't make up a truth for her to be encouraged by. Listen, I didn't invent it. I went to the word where there is an anchor for our soul and there is truth abundant for you. And when you feast upon the truth, it will set you absolutely free. I am here to say you were not meant to be living in anxiety. I do not believe that that is God's will for your life. I believe that he will break through if you allow him. Christy is allowing him and he is breaking through. This is available for you and it's in the truth. Would you receive the truth? Jay, what is the truth? We've been talking about Psalm 23. He is our shepherd. And he says, I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But some of us have to understand that the table that we are eating on is not a friend, but an enemy. 
And if the food you are eating, the thoughts you are thinking, the life you are living is leading you to a divide, then I promise you it isn't from the king. Are you divided? Are you more anxious when you eat from the food that you're eating? What are you eating? What's the table that you're eating from? Are you sitting at the table of human admiration where people admire you for where you sit? Do you live for the applause of others? And when you don't get it, you're a little bit disappointed and you don't know if you did it right or wrong. Nobody applauded me today. Did I do a good job? Do you sit at the table of sexual desire? Man, I know an out for myself. I know a fuel that's gonna make me happy. Anybody sitting at the table of drug and drink? I just gotta numb the feeling that I feel. Because man, I don't feel set free. I know the truth, but you know, like it's not working for my life. Anybody sitting at the table of escape? I just wanna run away. Sit there no longer because the table has been set for you. And the table that he set is this. You see, it was a cross and the table was laid and down went his body. And as he was raised, here is the word that Jesus spoke over the people. And he says, hey, listen, are you hungry today? Come to me. I am the bread of life. I am the bread. But you're saying, some of you are sitting there saying, oh, come on, Jay, I've heard this a million times. That's, that's it, yes, yes. But I know that other voice that says, oh, come on. And I say, oh, come on. How has your table been? Would you feast on Jesus? Do you need forgiveness? Stop running from it and receive it. Do you need a purpose? Stop sitting still, you're invited. But you're only invited and you're only forgiven because of the table that he set. And the meal is Jesus himself. You must receive the truth of this gospel. And if you receive this over the place of your anxiety, I promise you, he will set you free and meet you right where you are. What's, what table are you eating at? Would you take a moment and would you do business with the king today? Because I believe he wants to meet you here. I believe he wants to tear chains. I believe he wants to break strongholds. I believe the power of the gospel. And if you'll receive from him, call to him. In what Christy said, pray. And we move our heart toward thanksgiving. Would you pray and move your heart toward thanksgiving today? Last thing. And you say, Jay, if you knew my life, if you knew my life, when Jesus was teaching people to pray, he says, let me teach you to pray. Father, did you know God is your dad? But he's not like an earthly dad. He's a perfect dad. Dad. As you pray and you step into thankfulness, move all the way to the reality that God is your dad. Go there as you pray. 
And I believe he'll meet you right there in Thanksgiving. And when you're ready, would you take this cup? If you didn't receive one, you can hold one. Hold your hand, I mean, hold your hand up. But as you receive this cup, at the moment that you're ready, would you break the bread and understand this, that Christ's body was broken for you? Break it, break it. And take and realize that his body was laid out for you so that you would have a meal to eat. And you must do this every moment of your life. And as you understand that this cup, he said, is a guarantee, is a promise in my blood that I'm gonna make for you. I promise you that this will be finished. I promise you that I'll accomplish it. I promise you that I'll love you. I promise you that I'll earn you the right to be called his, to be whole, to be perfect. I will earn it for you. And it's the greatest gift that will give you purpose. Thank you. Would you do business with the king and would you move to his table and would you take when you are ready? And you might feel like today, like, man, you, you call me out, Jay. I still am anxious. I would say in Christ, you are redeemed. In Christ, you are forgiven. So do you still feel anxious? Thank him that you're forgiven. Thank him anyways. Do you feel anxious because you don't know purpose? He has a purpose for you. We'll talk more about that next week. All of these promises will set you free. I invite you to stay tasting at the table, receiving at the table. Hey, tomorrow when you wake up and you feel anxious, would you step up? Would you get beside your bed? Would you hit your knees? And would you say, thank you, God, I feel anxious, but thank you that forgiveness is mine. Thank you that I have purpose today. Thank you that you got a plan for today. Thank you for creating me today. Thank you for my friends today. Thank you for my church today. Thank you for your truth today. And ultimately, thank you for dying for me today. Because without you, I have no hope. There is no future. And this whole thing is meaningless. But you have meaning today, not because of what's happening in the world today, but because of what Jesus has done and called you today. This is the reality we live in. I invite you to believe. And inside receiving the truth, you will be set free. We're gonna continue the conversation next week. If you love prayer and you're like, hey, I still really need to be prayed over, I'm gonna ask my prayer people to stay around and we love to pray for you. We wanna walk this journey together. We're in it together. Let's pray before we go. Father, thank you so much for our time. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that we fight battles, not like other people because our fight isn't flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers. And so God, we receive the truth because this is actually gonna set us free. So God, we receive your love today. God, we receive your forgiveness today. God, we receive the fact that you've got fresh purpose for us today. God, we receive from you everything that you offer. Show us even more what that even means and what it looks like because we want to follow you more and more. But God, we receive knowing that you are everything. And God, I pray that you would turn tables over that need to be turned in our life. Father, we say thanks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.